Hi. <laughs> so. Mm. <laughs> We're really awkward. I'm Kelsey. I'm Bren. Welcome to Ki- Crime, Colts, and Coffee. Welcome to Crime, Colts, and Coffee. <laughs> it's Crime, Colts, and Coffee time, guys. <laughs> Um, we're just a little tired from work today. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And I'm really sick of the snow. Yeah. I really am. We're all getting more snow between tomorrow and Friday because it just doesn't fucking stop. Five to eight more inches. Yeah. Like, I swear to God, I'm going to die here. (laughs) We're going to just be buried forever in the snow. I'm never going to defrost. No. And the good thing is, though, well, if I can make it my ass get over here in Mm -hmm. the snow we can do another snow day souffle (laughs) episode for you guys we could i don't know if that's gonna happen i know i don't know if my work's gonna cancel or what i don't know yeah so over it i have a little bit of a weird story go ahead speaking of snow (laughs) speaking of snow i just told kelsey and maybe you guys will find it she's like should i tell them (laughs) it's a little disturbing i was like yeah you can tell them i think they're i think they're mature enough for it (laughs) it's not about maturity (laughs) it's about if you want to be scarred or not because yesterday at work i was thinking about this all day and timo was like well you saw it that's why yeah but i was like i think i have like ptsd from it and timo was like you're seriously hyper focused on this all day and i was like yes okay go ahead tell them so we were driving to work and we have to go down this mountain to get to work and around one of the bends there was like a snow bank because there's just snow piles everywhere because no one knows where the hell to put it right no literally it's piled up yeah. everywhere. yeah and sticking out of this one snow bank i was thinking in my head at first it was fake then i was like oh it's a blank shaped mailbox and then we got closer and I was like no (laughs) there was a deer sticking out of the snowbank like almost like it was standing on its front legs and its head was like tilted up in the air and it was just dead like that frozen (laughs) and it's like were its eyes open yes and its mouth was like (sighs) she her mouth is open right now for reference (laughs) yeah and like its chin was tilted towards the sky I'm trying to like explain this yeah and I said to Timo, oh my god, it reminds me of the movie The Day After Tomorrow when people are just walking and just, like, freeze in place. If you haven't seen the movie, check it out, because... That may have happened to that deer. Yeah, I said to him, like, was it that fucking cold where this thing just froze mid-walk? Ew, ew. Or did it get stuck? Or, like, I'm he... thinking it's the plot. I'm thinking it's Timo's... Uh, yeah, Timo said maybe assumption. the plow truck kind of, like, hit it and, like, scooped it and it was just buried by snow and the snow melted and now we're, like, seeing it. Yeah. I'm thinking that's what it was. Or did it get stuck and then it was covered by snow and it died like that? Or <laughs> my my one thought also was, I told Kelsey, it could literally be it got hit or something, but it didn't look like it got hit. This little deer's in deer heaven right now. Like, you guys are fucking idiots. <laughs> like, I why are you thinking about me so much? Yeah. Yeah, but I was like, maybe someone propped it up like that as a sick joke because people are fucked up. That's definitely not what happened. <laughs> but that's what I was leaning towards and what I wanted to stay leaning towards. Kel. Okay. We'll be- I'll let you believe that. Because I was just disturbed. And then pretty much, like, ten minutes later, we passed this other place and there were two deer out front that also looked frozen one had its head up and one had its head down in the snow and I I started screaming at Timo I'm like was that did that was that the deer again was that like more frozen (laughs) Frozen deer deer? or were those fake like what the fuck's going on and I was like I think I just have PTSD maybe I imagined it and he was like we'll check on the way back and he couldn't really see on the way back so today on the way to work we passed again and he was like babe those are fucking fake (laughs) (laughs) you're just like hyper focused on this frozen deer well, I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> I hope to never see anything like it again. Well, maybe when the snow all melts, it'll go back to being like... No, dead. it was gone by the time we got past it again oh. on the way home yesterday. Ew. Like, someone must have called... A Karen must have called and been like, Get this, Get this thing. thing off of the road! <laughs> yeah. My kids are seeing this. Yeah. My kids are scarred. Yeah. Well, you want to talk about our coffee for today? Yeah. So, today... You're going to, are you going to do the bio part? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So today we have a coffee from Mighty Oak Roasters. It is so good. It is called Day for Night and it has notes of chocolate, orange, and spice. It's amazing. Yeah. And it's a Sumatra and Costa Rican 
blend. Like blend. Okay. So I'm going to read a little bit of their about page on their um, website. Their website is MightyOakRoasters.com. And this is a little hint to why their name is Mighty Oak Roasters. Mm -hmm. So it says, If done properly, the environmental impact is significantly less than roasting with gas. So this is a little portion below what was said above. Basically, they said they roast it with wood instead of um, with gas. Mm. With a very small amount of kiln-dried hardwood, we can roast a full 30-pound batch of coffee. That's a lot of coffee. We work with local arborists who primarily source trees felled by storm damage and other natural causes, Aww. all within a 50-mile radius of our shop in Queens, New York. So, like, they literally have trees that are down, and they're like, we'll put good use to them, and they roast their coffees by burning that wood. That's which amazing. Is awesome. And it's probably a lot better for you health-wise when you're thinking about it, like having a coffee roasted by wood as opposed to, to gas. A gas. Yeah. Yeah. And then it says, the real advantage to this renewable fuel source is that it's not introducing, quote-unquote, new carbon into the ecosystem. Extracting petroleum from deep in the earth reintroduces carbon into the atmosphere, and that has been removed from circulation for millions of years, disrupting the natural equilibrium. To keep any particulate from entering the atmosphere, we use an extremely advanced filtration system based around reusable trapping fields as opposed to traditional afterburner. So they're just very environmentally friendly and conscious and amazing. We always pick the good ones. I know. <laughs> it's so cool. Or we should say they kind of pick they us kind of as pick well us. Yeah. because it's a team thing. The wand chooses the wizard, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could say that. So as you mentioned, it, they're located in Astoria, New York, which is in Queens. Mm-hmm. And you can shop local or online with them. Yeah, they just started doing online shop um, on their website. Yeah. And also, I want to mention that we clicked into their link tree on their Instagram, and their Instagram handle is Mighty Oak Roasters. And when clicking their link tree, there was a link for Hurricane Relief in Guatemala, which I was instantly like, what is going on here? Yeah. And I clicked it, and... It says that Onyx Coffee is organizing this fundraiser, but I guess that Mighty Oak is also participants in it as well. Yeah. And Onyx Coffee, if everyone remembers, we had reviewed them back in episode 16 and episode 22. So they're also one of our little coffee people. Yes. And basically this, I want to read a little bit from um, this GoFundMe for the hurricane relief in Guatemala, they had a goal of $2,500 and they're already at 9019 Go donate! Yeah. We're going so, to. Go donate. And I'll read a little bit about what it's about. It says, our hearts go out to all the people impacted by Hurricane Eta. We, or Eta, we are very grateful to report there are no injuries or loss of life within our direct network and family. Sadly, across the country of Guatemala, more than 300,000 people have been impacted, with more than 150 people presumed missing or dead. Ugh. Particularly near and dear to us at Onyx Coffee is the town center of Agua Dulce, where a mudslide destroyed homes of many pickers that help support surrounding farms, which Ugh. is just awful. That's horrible. Our, Guatema our Guatemala-based team plans to visit this area in the coming weeks to meet with producers and be of assistance. We have oh. partnered with Habitat for Humanity Guatemala in that past in the past and we encourage you to donate to them directly. Wow. Yeah. So basically, I don't know if it says when this started, but they said they were keeping this fundraiser open through December 31st, 2020, but this link is still up. So, and it says donate now, so I'm assuming you can still donate yeah. if you wanted to. Which is really, really awesome. Yeah. And actually, Timo and I have a friend that lives in Guatemala, and we visited there before, mm -hmm. and it's just, like, such a culturally beautiful I bet. place. Yeah, I bet. So, that's just really sad to hear that, that like, they're things, going through yeah, damage. Yeah, they're going through Ugh. some damage there. That's horrible. Yeah. And I, I think, actually, we had seen... We have listeners in Guatemala. Yeah, we we do. Yeah. Yeah. So our hearts are going, our hearts out, are going to out to you guys. Yeah. And do we have anything else we want to add before um, we talk about? So on their website, they do have 
They actually, which is really cool, they have subscriptions for coffee that you could buy. Mm-hmm. You can do it as a gift or you can do it for yourself. They also have really cool merch um, with some, like, cool travel mugs and other stuff. And then they have some brewing gear as well. There's, like, an AeroPress kit, a bunch of different cool things if you've never tried those. Um, So, yeah, they're, like we said, located in Queens, New York, and the inside of their place looks amazing. Like, it just, it's so aesthetically pleasing in there Mm -hmm. (laughs) that I need to go. Well, Queen. How pretty. I feel like parts of Queens are just so cool because it's kind of like a mod, modern, but you're thrown back in time at the same time. Like, a lot of their buildings are just historical and... It looks beautiful inside. Um, Another fun fact that is in their link tree, Keurig actually did a love blend collaboration where they made blends to support local roasters and mighty oak was one of them how cool is that <laughs> yeah. that is really cool i yeah. think yeah that they were doing support for like local people that's yeah. so cool yeah so do we want to get going with how we think this t- tastes and our little rating yes yes okay. yes yes okay let's sip okay mm. hmm so this coffee is so It literally good. just, like, warms my soul for mm-hmm. some reason. That's, like, immediately what I think of. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I can definitely taste the note of chocolate. It's very rich. Mm-hmm. Very rich. I love that about this coffee. Yeah. You, I can taste a little bit of the citrus. Same. Like, a little undertone of it. Yeah, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, um, I like this one a lot. So do like I. I, you know. I think that... Uh, how do I explain it? I think it's very bold, too. It's not like... It's a dark roast, so it's going to be bold. Mm-hmm. But it's just... But it's not bitter. No, it's not bitter. I think... It's really rich and smooth. It reminds me almost of... Have you ever had... A dream? <laughs> yeah, a dream. <laughs> have you ever had... Okay, we're not referencing Martin Luther King... No, 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 no. (laughs) It's a little kid on YouTube where he stutters the entire video and he starts off saying, have you ever had a dream? And, and, and you you can, and you were, and he just stutters the whole time and we say it Look it up. It's fucking funny. (laughs) Uh, it reminds me, this coffee reminds me a lot of, there's a dark chocolate that has like a note of orange to it. It's not Terry's, it's not the orange chocolate. yeah. Yeah, it's a different... I don't know if it's Dove that makes it. It almost reminds me of that in mm-hmm. coffee version. I've never had it, so I don't know. It has, but... like, a little hint of orange to it. What's the your bean rating? My bean rating is, I would say, an 8.5. Actually, on the verge of a 9. <laughs> Creeping up to an that 8. 9. 8.75. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we always talk about the bean rating before, and we're mostly on the same page about everything. Yeah. So I would give it about the same... Um, this is a, one of the good ones. Yeah. I really, really do like this one a lot. Yeah. How do we keep getting so lucky? Oh, no. We <laughs> no. are blessed. I know. It's so true. We are coffee blessed. We are coffee blessed. I should blessed. say. Want to get started? Yeah. So grab your coffee and have a morning with us. So today we are covering the case of Taylor Beale. And this case, actually, I did a deep dive into, like, probably like a year ago. I mm-hmm. think I heard about it from a show like a tv show on id or something okay and i ended up spending three days holy shit (laughs) just like diving into one thing after another after another after another and went down this huge rabbit hole with it Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of info on this yeah but it kind of sucks because like i couldn't find half the stuff i found today researching now yeah yeah but there is, like, a lot to this case, and if you do also do a, more of a deep dive online, you can, like, there's social media involved, so mm-hmm. anyone listening, you can literally find social media pages and go back yeah. to that, which is what I did. Like, I went back to when this was all happening, and you can just go through all the social media pages, and there's just so yeah. much. It's crazy. Yeah, there's a lot of info on this one. Yeah. So, a little bit about Taylor. Her name was Taylor Marie Beale. She was born October 13th, 1987. She was 17 years old at the time of 
this story and she was going to be a freshman in college. She kind of like technically She had was, just started. Yeah, yeah. So she graduated from James Madison High School and got a summer job at a coffee shop called Jam and Java. <laughs> I love that. Which we love. I know. <laughs> And she was described as being full of life. She was interested in drama. She was enticed by city life. She settled in Vienna, Virginia, but moved to Richmond, Virginia in August 2005 to attend Virginia Commonwealth University. And this was only one and a half hours away from both her mother and father. So that's part of the reason she kind of decided on that school. She yeah, was like in between. Close to both. And yeah. just for a quick reference, we're going to be... Um, referencing her college as VCU for probably the rest of the story. Just yeah. So we don't have to say Virginia Commonwealth University every time. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of a tongue twister. Yeah. So she started school at VCU on August 19th, 2005, and she used social media a lot. Yeah. So during this time, there was MySpace, Facebook. Uh, I don't know if Facebook was really it was early. a big thing yeah. yet or even existed yet. Fun fact, I actually met Timo on MySpace. That's how we met. (laughs) That's hysterical. I love that. So, she wrote on her MySpace account under the name Bitter, quote, I just graduated from high school and now I'm off to Richmond. I'm looking forward to meeting people that are in Richmond because I only know a few people down there, but I love to meet new people in general, so feel free to message me whenever to chat. So, obviously, she was, like, very social. It's like a typical fresh, going into freshman year type of thing to say. Yeah, yeah. So, a 2005 article says that from her virtual diary of poems, pictures, and personal reflections, she was an eager teenager that was excited to meet new friends at her new school, which we kind of just showed with that quote. Right. August 1st, 2005, Beale wrote in a diary entry that in 19 days she will be in her Richmond dorm room kissing her mom goodbye. Aww. Quote, I have no comprehension of the wonders which Richmond will hold for me. She was really excited. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I'll get into it in a little bit, but you'll see, I feel like she was very, uh, what's the appropriate word for it maybe like cultured in a way like she was very used to just going here there everywhere meeting people here making friends in this place meeting people in a different place making friends versatile yeah yeah so taylor's father was matt beale and her mother was janet palacera and by age five taylor's parents were divorced and janet was remarried to a royal air force officer so they lived together in england and belgium with taylor which is why i said she was like cultured Mm -hmm. especially for a young Right. Kid. Taylor made unescorted un- international trips as a child between wow. Europe and the U.S. That's so actually she was terrifying. traveling, like, by herself. That's really scary. Yeah. Go- good for you, Taylor. Yeah. So Janet thought her daughter was mature enough to take care of herself. Yeah. Obviously, like, she she was capable of moving to all these different places. And on her then, own. Yeah. yeah, and then traveling on her own. So she was pretty capable of... Like, she was independent. Yeah. So, Taylor's mom raised her as a single working mom because by age 11, her mother was divorced again and the two returned to Northern Virginia. So, by then, Taylor had attended 15 different schools abroad by the age of 17 when she graduated from Madison High School in Vienna, Virginia. You kind of have to be, like, a personable person. Like, you have to be outgoing and adaptable to be able to have, you know, done that. Yeah. So, a quote from Janet, her mom, quote, her roommate was great, they got along fine, and her sweet mates were very nice. So, that was just about, obviously, the people she had just started school with at VCU. Yeah. So before starting school at VCU, Taylor had visited the campus in February of that of her senior year for a tour, and she met a lot of people. She and her father actually visited um, colleges and checked out the VCU campus together. Taylor planned on staying over with a friend that was enrolled in the university who she went to high school with, actually. Yeah, he was like a little older than her, but she knew him from high school. Yeah. When returning to Richmond for college, she immediately sought out the people that she had previously met that February. She, you know, she was already primed. She she met some people, so mm-hmm. obviously she's going to go back with them. Mm-hmm. Um, his name was Ben Foley, and he was not a college student. So Ben Foley was, let me get this right, he was friends of 
the friend that she went and visited in high school that was in her high school that went to um, her college. Um, Taylor's dad, Matt, spoke with Ben before leaving Taylor for that night. Her dad was not aware that Ben wasn't a college student and thought that he was in his mid-20s at the most, which he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about him in a little bit. It's believed that they developed an online friendship after meeting and the relation became sexual at some point down the road. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I want to make it clear, too, in this case, there's a lot of talk about uh, their sexual relationship and we are not slut-shaming Taylor in any way. No. I feel like as a, col- as a college girl who's somewhere where she, do- like, she's, like, getting to know herself, mm-hmm. getting to know other people, I feel like that's a, n- a normal Most thing college for girls a girl, do that. Like, not even girls, but for people that age to experiment, yeah. you know? I but, mean, you have to. <laughs> but I will shame the man. <laughs> he took advantage of a younger girl. Yeah. So we'll just, we'll leave it there for now. Yeah. Taylor actually frequently parked her car in front of or near his house. Um, she, there was saved parking fees. She she saved parking fees by using an off-campus unmetered parking space on Hancock Street, which was near Ben's apartment. So she was like, smart, and I'm not buying a parking pass because mm-hmm. they're expensive as shit. Not to mention, I feel like college parking, sometimes it You takes, don't get a spot, too. Yeah, it takes like <laughs> a half an hour to find a fucking spot. Yeah, so she was smart. Ben was a 38-year-old photographer at the time. Mm-hmm. Remember, she was 17. A reporter described him as, quote, one of those people who hung around the property of college campuses. We know that he dated a number of women who seemed to be much younger than he was, end quote. Gross. He portrayed himself on a website in dark romantic terms, and he said that he was a photographic artist in a former nude model. That grossed me out so much when I read that. I don't yeah. know why. I feel like, though, that's such a predator thing. Like, yeah. oh, I'm a photographer. Let me take pictures of you. Be my model. Right. And, like, I'm older. I'm more experienced. Yeah. Just creepy as fuck. Um, He also said that he was a goth master, and he was fascinated by the study of skulls and bones. Okay. Well, I like, I like bones, but I'm not not a goth master. (laughs) One article says that at some point he took photos of Taylor and they were intimate at least once or twice, which, whatever. Okay. I mean, at the same time, too... I wonder if he made his age known to her right away. Right, we don't know Since he looked that. younger. Yeah. yeah. Or she might have been like, oh, this is cool. Like, let me try sleeping with this older man for, one, like, one time in my life. Like, yeah. let me just, who yeah. knows? Like, I don't know. Experimenting. Yeah, yeah. So, clues of their sexual relationship were seen in their online postings. In April, Ben wrote, quote, This very attractive girl climbed up into my bunk at 4.07. And then, under the screen name he was using was Skulls, S-K-U-L-Z. Couldn't even spell. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking idiot. (laughs) Taylor responded with, quote, well, I was curious, end quote, under the screen name that was Jailbait spelled backwards. Um, Mm. Yeah. I feel like, I don't, I don't know. I mean... I feel like because of that name, people could get the wrong impression. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? But still, it's not She her was fault. 17 years old. Yeah. You know? Um, and then Skulls replied, quote, so I was, so was I. In fact, I still am. Mm. Um, then, basically, reports say that Ben Foley looked similar to Johnny Depp. <laughs> Which I looked him up and I was like, there is no, nothing. From whose eye? There is m- maybe like one tiny little feature, but like, no. 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 Absolutely not. Who the fuck wrote and this the article? This is people speculating, a- okay? This is people speculating, this, trying to find reasons. This is people building upon something that's not there. Right. Grasping at any kind of straw because this man does not look like Johnny Depp. He, he looks far from Johnny Depp. <laughs> And the reason why people said that is because Taylor's MySpace list of actors that she liked, Johnny Depp was on there as a liked actor. Okay, so, so like, let's reach really far. Yeah, they're like, because this girl found Johnny Johnny Depp attractive, it means this man (laughs) looked like him. She's probably like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? Ugh. Okay. Um, Let's see here. Taylor did not tell her mom about Ben, but she did tell her friend about him. Her best friend said... 
Quote, it was mostly just him showering her with attention. She never thought of him seriously. It was never, I want to date him. It was more, like, intriguing. Exactly what we were saying. Yeah. She was curious. Which we've had this situation in the past with one of the cases that we've talked about as well. Yeah. But I think what everyone needs to keep in mind, no matter what, how the media portrays or portrayed Taylor or how the media is going to turn it into the slut shaming of a 17 year old girl she was 17 he was 38 it's the same he knew better it's the same thing as bianca devins yeah they did the same thing to her because yeah. she was young yeah. and she had an online relationship following yeah and it was just it's horrible that's what sickening. they do to these people that's sickening she further stated this is her friend talking about um ben she further stated quote it was a one night thing she didn't regret it but she didn't want to do it again Mm-hmm. So, it doesn't Which, seem like she's too interested. And she made that clear to her best friend. Like, yeah. that's the person you're going to tell your true of all feelings things. to. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, a little bit of background about Ben Foley. He had a criminal record of numerous convictions and violent behavior towards women. Red flag. Mm-hmm. Um, a description of Ben from an ex-girlfriend. Quote, he's like manic depressive because he gets paranoid, has mood swings, sometimes he has anger, he can't control his anger, he completely flips out kind of thing. Sounds like someone that you'd really want to be with in life. Yeah, really. (laughs) Right? So, Ben's attorney said in court that he was on medication for severe bipolar disorder. And Ben told the court that he is indigent and lives life off of a disability check. And I had actually read that he lived on disability due to his bipolar disorder, which is a... Like, there's plenty of people who live with bipolar disorder who aren't on disability. Like, that doesn't really... Yeah, I mean, I don't know how... Granted, I don't know how severe his was or Mm -hmm. if that's, like, actually a thing or if he used it as a crutch. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And I don't want to question someone's mental illness because we don't know his side of that. But at the same time, I really don't give a fuck because... He's disgusting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, a quote from Ben's former roommate's friend. Quote, I woke up in the middle of the night to find him standing in my doorway, and he just started telling me his life story about how he lived his life of crime, about how he didn't understand how to act any other way. He didn't understand how to be anything but a criminal. Gross. Which sounds kind of manic to me, though. Like a manic episode. Maybe, but, like, maybe he was just... Being creepy. Know. Yeah, just creepy as fuck. Who like, does let that? me tell you my criminal life story while you're The sleeping. roommate's friend is like, oh, yeah. <laughs> So, he lives in, a, in an apartment in Carver, Virginia. This, as we mentioned, was near the VCU campus. And shortly after Taylor began her fall semester at school, she went home to visit her mom over Labor Day weekend. So, a quote from Taylor's mom, I kissed her and hugged her, and as she walked away, I did a double over in pain, physical pain. I hadn't been dealing with her being gone very well. I don't know if all of that was a premonition or, you know, just the, that maternal gut feeling. But, yeah, I did double over in pain. But you have to let him go. It gives me the chills. Same. And when I first read that, I was like, her, her mom had a full-blown premonition. Like, she, she did. She knew God, something have, was going to happen. I literally chills all over. Yeah. Wow. So, moving on to September 5th, 2005, which was a Monday. Taylor was back at school at this point. She called her parents to let them know she made it back to VCU safely. So they were like, okay, she's back. Everything's good. Yeah. That evening, she had dinner at the Village Cafe with a friend or an old boyfriend. There were kind of deferring things. Yeah. Either way, it was someone that she was, like, friends with. Mm-hmm. And at some point, she then went to meet up with Ben Foley. So she met up with Ben at around 9.30. According to reports, they had sex and returned... And returned to her dorm room. And when she arrived at her dorm, which was VCU's Gladding Residence Hall at 10.20 p.m., she found her roommate, they called it entertaining a male friend, which, <laughs> let's just be blunt, her roommate was fucking having sex, okay? <laughs> or, like, hooking up with a guy. Entertaining. Yeah, entertaining. Like, that makes it sound so much they worse. Like, da 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 no, like, that's like they awful. literally they they were having a tea party. She was serving him caviar, maybe a nice little, <gasps> you know, 
uh, cheese board. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> charcuterie board. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> no, like, really, like, why do you have to say entertaining? That's just weird. <laughs> so, the roommate asked Taylor to go away for a couple hours. I'm sure, also, this was in part of Taylor wanting to go away for a couple hours. I was, yeah. I'm sure she wasn't going to be like, let me just sit on the bed and watch you entertain. <laughs> the roommate was kind of like, get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, she grabbed her keys, her cell phone, her student ID, and cash, and told her roommate she was going to go skateboard with her friends and would be back in three hours. And there was released surveillance video that showed Taylor and Ben entering the VCU Gladding Residence Center together at 10.18 p.m. Ben waited for Taylor in the dorm's lobby while she went to her dorm room, and then there's some final frames that show them leaving the dorm together. I wonder why he waited. Maybe it was, like, a campus where they couldn't have oh, guys like, in their room. Maybe the friend, like, she was secretly was entertaining them. them. <laughs> yeah, but maybe that was in secret. Maybe she maybe. wasn't supposed to have guys in her room. Oh, maybe. Okay. Or maybe, like, it can, you had to have, like, an ID, and he's like, I'm 38 years old. I don't have a student ID. <laughs> right? I'm a full-girl adult. <laughs> yeah. Believe it or not. <laughs> So, um, an article also mentions that she did not take her purse, credit cards, a change of clothes, nothing to indicate that she would be gone for a long period of time. Like she said, I'll be back in three hours. Red flag number two. Yeah. So now we're going to jump forward to September 7th, 2005, which was on a Wednesday. Taylor's roommate that did not know her very well yet was pretty concerned that and she made a missing persons report to the VCU campus police because she still hadn't heard anything from Taylor yet. That is a good roommate. I like, know. even though you didn't know her very long or really know her She's as like, a person, shit. like, for all you know, this girl does this and, like, disappears a couple days right. on end. Right, but she was like, I should probably She's call. Like, yeah. Yeah, so that was good for her. Good on you. Pampas. <laughs> Pampas. <laughs> I was reading. <laughs> I was Pam. Reading. I was and reading. Pam. <laughs> I was reading the name Pam and Campus at the same time. <laughs> gruel. It's like gruel. <laughs> okay, back to normal. <laughs> campus security Pam Le- Lepley began to search. She identified Taylor's friend and people that she knew and started talking to them, trying to ga- gather some evidence. Mm-hmm. She found out that Taylor's car was also missing as well. Students began to put missing posters around campus, and in the, in the meantime, Taylor... Shut up. <laughs> In the meantime, Taylor's mom immediately came to school and started searching for her daughter on her own, oh which any mom, you know, any concerned mom would do. And that's so sad because she was already thinking, like, I don't want my daughter to go away to and college. And then she had that feeling. Yeah. And then she's like, shit, now they don't know where she's at. Yeah. The police began to question people that she knew, including Ben Foley. A quote from Taylor's mom, quote, I listened while the police talked to him, but I couldn't stand looking at him. I was sickened, absolutely sickened. I couldn't listen to him, knowing that this 38-year-old man had taken advantage of my 17-year-old daughter. Okay, so number one, by then, she knew his age now. Yeah, she did. And number two, she probably had that mother's just gut instinct that, like, this is, this man's involved somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Ben claimed that he was too concerned about Taylor and that she was missing, that the police moved on and kept interviewing other people. So he was probably playing, like, <sighs> oh, my gosh, Taylor, she's missing. What are we going to do? And they were like, okay, we'll just, you know, keep interviewing, whatever. So then September 11th, 2005, which was six days after um, Taylor's disappearance, VCU announced that it was bringing the FBI on the case. Just six days later, good which is really you. good. Just like yeah. Alexis Murphy right away. Yeah. September 15th, 2005, Richmond, Virginia Police Department issued an Amber Alert and announced that they were taking the lead in the investigation, which was formally done by the campus police and the FBI. Mm -hmm. An 11-member task force, including FBI agents, was then formed to look for Taylor. This became a criminal investigation, which, at this point, everyone was pretty concerned. Yeah. No trace of Taylor was noted from cell phone records, credit cards, online posting. So, like, I read somewhere that it seemed like she just literally, like, fell off the face of the earth. Yeah. Like, it was completely dead. Well, that's also scary because even if someone were picking up and leaving by choice, Mm -hmm. at 17 years old, you would have had to use your cell phone by then or tapped in to get money from somewhere by then. Yeah, exactly. It's a little while after, yeah. Yeah. 
The police searched Ben's home and took seven computers. Mm. Why does one person need seven computers? I will never know. Mm. Yeah. There was pictures of Taylor on the computers, but nothing that led detectives in the direction of where she may be. Yeah, because he was a photographer, you know? Yeah, a nude model, too. (laughs) (laughs) And he looked like Johnny Depp. Oh, God. I feel like, ew. I feel like he, as a nude model, would be so, like, clammy and pale. Ew. (laughs) With his frosted tips. Yeah. Did you see that one picture with his frosted tips? Yeah. And I feel like he, like, bleached his chest hair in, like, an ombre pattern. Ew, stop it. Gross. (laughs) Or his little V-line. Oh, my God. You need to shut up right now. (laughs) He's so disgusting. Just knowing... He ombreed that V. Knowing these people, like, and then what they did, and then looking at their pictures, like, I feel like my imagination just runs wild. I know. He's just so disgusting. I know. I feel like he, like... I'm not even going to say it. Never mind. Keep going. (laughs) At some point, a nationally publicized search was held involving the VCU police, Richmond police, Virginia State Police, and the FBI. Mm-hmm. So they were determined to find her. Thank God. September 17th, which was 12 days after her disappearance, an off-duty police officer was walking a dog and noticed a 1997 Ford Escort. And by now, Taylor's missing car was made public, and it was a white Ford Escort. So mm-hmm. immediately he made that connection. A mi- and this was found a mile and a half away from the VCU campus. He noticed that there was an Ohio license plate on it, but noticed that her registration tag was from Vienna, Virginia. Thank God he looked at that. And, like, paid attention to that. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Neighbors in the area told police that the car had not been there the entire time Taylor was missing. Mm. Yeah, which is interesting. A canine dog picked up two distinct scents in the car. One was Taylor, and the other was 22-year-old Jesse Schultz. Schultz denied knowing Taylor and denied ever being in her car. Jesse was arrested on drug possession. Police discovered drugs during the search of his home. So I feel like that's just a weird thing that's always, like, lingered in the case. And I'm not saying he was involved at all because obviously they ruled him out. Mm -hmm. But how the dog picked up his scent on the car Mm -hmm. and then I read the dog let, like, led the police to a house, like, blocks away and it turned out to be family members of this Jesse guy. And that's how they connected him. But, like, how did his scent get in the car if he... I think he was lying to the police. Maybe it was something drug-related. Maybe he, like, dealt her weed or something. Yeah, and didn't want to get in trouble. So he was like, I've never met her. Yeah, but then he ended up getting in trouble for drugs anyway. So by then he, like, he might as well have just been like, oh. Yeah. Or maybe he... I don't... Maybe he didn't know that they were doing, like, like an investigation on, like, a potential homicide or something a thought that i just had too was maybe he really never met her and he dealt something to ben who was in her car yeah maybe because it is a known thing that ben like drank a lot and did drugs did drugs as well yeah yeah Yeah. so at this point once her car was found taylor's mom said quote my hope was back end quote which literally breaks my heart like i get so upset when i when i read that the police now knew that the vehicle had stolen license plates, and ironically, Ben Foley liked to collect different license plates. Yeah, he actually kept them. I wish I had found this article back. I'll try to find it before we um, post the links and stuff so we mm-hmm. can post a link with it. There was, like, he had, like, a van or something, and he covered his van in license plates and stickers and stuff, and it was, like, a known thing in that town where he was uh, not featured on new in the news but like it his van like people would take pictures yeah. of it and yeah it was like covered in license plates so weird yeah so strange yeah <clears throat> so september 19th students from vcu campus gathered with candles on behalf of taylor and september 21st a lawyer and taylor's family came to clear out taylor's dorm room Ugh. so i think that was more so not her family giving up hope, but her family being like, She's not when we back find here. her, she is not fucking coming back to yeah, this school. Yeah, I don't school. blame them. I yeah. don't blame them. Yeah. So, September 23rd, which was 18 days since her disappearance, police arrested Ben Foley. He was arrested not in association with Taylor, but because of what was found on the seven computers that were taken from his home. <laughs> 
So buckle your seatbelts, guys and gals, <laughs> because you're about to have a wild ride. Yeah. Other computer equipment, compact discs, a photo card, women's undergarments, <clears throat> a 32 caliber cartridge, a machete, a cutting of a reddish-brown stain from a box spring mattress, oh and a box of bones were also seized from his apartment. Absolutely nasty. Yeah. So a little bit of a side note, Ben was a father of two children. Two girls that were 8 and 12 years old. That makes this so much worse to me. Yeah. His daughter was 12 years old and she was 17. Five years younger than Taylor. That's disgusting. And he was preying on Taylor. It's disgusting. So, it's going to get even more disgusting. Yeah. What was found on his computers? Child pornography, including pictures and videos. Of course. 16 accounts of possession of child porn. And he pled not guilty, and while he was head held, while he, <laughs> while he was, I'm like frazzled, sorry. <laughs> while he was held in prison, a second search of his house was conducted. So they were like, anything to get this guy to just stay in prison so we can find something else. Yeah, like, we need to hold him until yeah. we can, like, keep him here for life. Yeah. So what was found? And, I mean, this first part... I don't really... It could be found anywhere. Yeah. I, mean, I don't not, really see why they listed this because, I mean, it's not my cup of tea, but... It's not. <laughs> but I wouldn't judge someone for having this in their house because no. it's their preference, you Yeah, know? whatever. So, there were sex toys, whips and chains, um, a machete, as we mentioned, a he hatchet. Said, whips and chains excite me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> Still gross, though. <sighs> <laughs> with his little ombre body stop so <laughs> a hatchet the gun cartridge as we mentioned keys a cell phone ids but none belonged to taylor because they obviously were still looking for all her items that she had on her and yeah couldn't find them so ben's alibi for the night taylor went missing this is good he yeah. claimed <laughs> I laughed so hard. <laughs> I know. This guy's a fucking idiot. He really is. So, he claimed that he was robbed by an unknown number of people. He was hit in the stomach by an unknown object <laughs> and driven to an unknown location and rescued by an unknown man. So, he's basically like, um, um, this happened, this happened, this happened, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't I know. I have no idea. I blacked out. <laughs> yeah. I read an article of his, that his roommate wrote at the time. And she she wrote this after the fact of all this coming out, but during this time she was his roommate, oh, and this she poor girl. yeah it was it's pretty crazy. So she said that he literally came home, said all this crazy shit, and he she was like okay, thinking in her head like I think he's borderline schizophrenic. Like, yeah. What is going on? It's too like unbelievable to me. Yeah. And then she said she felt bad. So she came back home that night after her shift at work and was like, are you okay? Do you need anything? And he was like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Then the whole next day, he was like, basically like every once in a while would like kind of like remember that he was supposed to be attacked last night and he would like double over in pain like to put on this facade. And she was like, I was absolutely disgusted that he was able to keep this up just for me in the house because I was his Yeah, roommate. it's like no one else to Yeah, do she's that like for. he played it off so cool and Ew. made it seem like it was so real. I fucking hate you, Ben. Yeah. So he writes that he was out and I but when I read this writes, I don't know if he wrote this on his blog thing. Mm-hmm. His whatever it's called. Yeah. The thing other than MySpace that he used. I mm-hmm. forget what it is now. Uh I don't know if he wrote about it on there or if he wrote this in a statement they didn't really clarify yeah but he writes that he was out early september 6th he says he's unsure of the time but that the sun hadn't been up long so he doesn't know basically of course he doesn't yeah he was heading out to take photos quote when three to four guys jumped me they got a trash bag over my head before i could see them he wrote that a man that the men i'm sorry then tossed him into a car and dumped him on quote some dirt road (laughs) unknown (laughs) location unknown but he wasn't hurt much 
And here's another quote from him. As they never said a word, I am sure this was not just a robbery. My one camera and tripod is missing, along with $20 I had tucked in the camera. Why would you tuck $20 in your camera? Yeah, really. Anyway, I didn't have my wallet, but I did have my bank card, and that wasn't stolen. Oh, really? Surprise. Mm, Yeah. So, while detectives investigated this claim, he was held in jail, and he was named as a person of interest, obviously. Yeah. And Taylor and Ben had interacted online through blogs and social media websites, MySpace and LiveJournal. LiveJournal, that's That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, he had posted pics and journal entries... And searches of online archives provided clues to investigators and helped identify Ben as a suspect. And this was through Taylor as well. She posted a lot. Yeah. And this case was actually one of the first in the nation where police used social media to track down a suspect. And definitely not the last. (laughs) Basically, it... I feel like it got the ball rolling. With where to start. For everyone else doing it after this case. Like, I'm sure random agencies had done it before, but this was one where it was, like, literally they found him because of looking at her Her MySpace list of friends. Yeah. So now on to the investigation. Two VCU detectives were interviewing a woman that was Ben's ex-girlfriend. They showed this woman a series of pictures and a photograph came up and she said, quote, sure, I know that location. Mm. So they found, like, a bunch of photographs in his home, and they were, like, just showing her pictures, seeing mm. if she recognized any of these places. The fo- This photo that she recognized was taken in a rural area with a rent... <laughs> what? <laughs> Did I say that funny? No, no. Oh. I read this meme the other day, and it's, like, podcasts, all podcasters know the hate for the word rural. <laughs> so hard to say. That's why I said. Rural. Did I say it funny? No, no, no. I just laughed because I rural. Laughed. Rural. <laughs> um, it was in a rural area. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> With a rundown shack and a trailer. The woman said that it was near her family's farm, 70 miles east of Richmond, near the Chesapeake Bay. And this was actually in Matthews County. She had taken Ben there one weekend, and he had taken a few pictures, so that's why she remembered it. Mm-hmm. October 7th, 2005. This is about one month after Taylor's disappearance. Detectives went to this place that was in the photograph and walked and walked, and they didn't stop walking until they found something, and they ended up finding human remains in a shallow grave in the field. Thank God they kept walking. I know. This was nearly 80 miles from campus, um... And the the remains that they found was partially closed, clothed in a ditch. Mm. Dental records confirmed that it was the body of Taylor Beale. A press conference, in a, at a press conference, Taylor's mom said, quote, My mind can still not absorb the fact that someone could do something so cruel, this cruel and hideous, to my 17-year-old. I'm positive the authorities will bring the subhuman to justice, and I pray they receive the death penalty. I love that. She called him subhuman. Me too. And that perfectly describes him. Yeah. He's not even human. No. I mean, none of these people that we talk about are. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, you're not fucking human. If you could do this to somebody, no. Yeah. The body of Taylor Beale was then taken to the state medical examiner to determine the cause of death. On October 7th, the autopsy report which wasn't signed until July 28th, listed her cause of death as a homicidal violence. Mm, Poor girl. I know. Evidence from her car was then sent to the FBI forensic lab in Quantico. I feel like everything's sent to Quantico. Yeah, Quantico, you the shit. Yeah. (laughs) We love you, Quantico. Quantico, I watch so much Criminal Minds, and I'm always just like... I know. I know, me too. During this time, Ben was still held in jail on unrelated charges, thank God. And calls to Ben's attorney were not answered. So they kept trying to call him and let them know this new information, and he Mm. just wasn't picking up. Evidence was also found that Ben had troubled relationship with students prior to Taylor. One involved a young woman being choked and another woman being smothered with a pillow. Neither had been reported to law enforcement. Report things to law enforcement. This is so important. Even if it's the littlest thing, like if they had known that those had been reported, it could have helped maybe speed up the investigation or it would have had a bigger trail a towards bigger case him. Against him. Yeah, and even maybe so I mean, I'm not putting blame on anyone for not stepping forward yeah. because you have your own reasons why maybe maybe you were scared, maybe 
you thought they wouldn't believe you or you were just coping in your own way. Yeah. But maybe if someone had stepped forward sooner, he would have been put away sooner and this wouldn't have happened to Taylor. Or at the very least, they would have had a case of a similar thing happening. Right. To a student. Right. Like, he would have a record of yeah, this. exactly. So, please step forward. Yeah. October 12th, 2005, here I'm going to talk about his confession, or what we want to call his confession, because who the fuck knows if it's true? Why are killers so stupid? Like, this guy is an idiot. He is. He pisses me off so bad. I know. Disgust. You may proceed. Fucking disgust. (laughs) (laughs) So, Ben told two Richmond police officers or police detectives, that he was with Taylor the night of September 5th and into the early morning hours of September 6, 2005. He said she, quote, taunted him and caused him to snap. No, no. No one causes you to murder them, <laughs> yeah. you disgusting person. Yeah. So, according to transcribed copies of the tape confession released by the court, that's what he had said. He also said he, quote, flipped out while having rough sex on a Matthews County beach and then realized she was dead afterwards, oh which, God. like, that really, that's a little more than flipping out. No. Ugh. And to for him to describe it that way is just so disgusting because he's, like, lessening what he actually did. Like, oh, he, I flipped like, out. I just flipped out, and then she was just dead. Like, ba- basically saying that it wasn't his fault. Yeah, like, putting the blame on her. Yeah. Which... Like, you're just disgusting. So, Ben also told investigators that he had accidentally choked her to death on September 5th during a consensual sexual encounter in her car. Nobody so asked to die, So, he specifically said... Yeah, he's specifically saying, oh, it was consensual. Like, she asked me to do it. Yeah. So, he said at another point during the investigation, quote, I think I might have put my hand over her mouth and told her to shut up. You so think? that's kind of also deferring... Like, he has a lot of deferring statements where... Yeah. He's like, oh, this happened. Oh, I might have done this. Oh, I think this happened. Idiot. Unknown. 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 And he's just stuck like a record player. I was unknown. robbed by an unknown man. <laughs> yeah. So he said Beale wanted um, him to help her commit a crime before her 18th birthday. So now he's kind of trying to make her out to be like... A bad person. Yeah, like, yeah. You don't really know her. Yeah. So he recounted driving around while... Uh, driving around Richmond while having sex while rebuffing her request to break into buildings. So he's trying to make himself look good. Like, oh, I was like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. It's not like it, I mean, whatever. She wanted, I mean, whatever. Yeah. Even, even if that's if she, true. Even, yeah, even if she was like, oh, like, let's do something, like, crazy. Yeah. Um, number one, you don't seem like the little heaven-sent angel that would say no. You know, really. Ben. Yeah, you were not being, you were not calming her down. Yeah. No, no. And number two, that's no reason to murder someone. Yeah, if that's even true. Yeah. So here's a quote from him with another statement of what he said happened. Ended up at the Matthews Beach where Folly, oh wait, I'm sorry. This is a quote from an article. Mm -hmm. Ended up at the Matthews Beach where Folly tied Beale's hands together and bound her legs to the car with duct tape. Before, at her request, sticking a plastic bag over her mouth. So, he claimed he took the bag off when Taylor began choking. And here's a quote from Ben. I'm pretty sure that's when she started cussing me out and saying I was just too much of a wimp. And all I remember was her saying that she was going to tell her mom and call the police and say that I raped her. That's where he snapped. So... He was like, I'm going to get caught. If I'm counting right, he's, like, told, like, five different stories already. Yeah, if that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Then he said he blacked out until he remembered trying to get her onto the seat of the car. And Taylor's family does not believe this was the case at all. Um, I mean, even if she wanted to experiment sexually, like, that's her prerogative. But I doubt she'd want someone to choke her out until they murdered her. Yeah. And even so, if it was an accidental thing like that, why did then he proceed to cover the whole thing up? Right, instead of saying... And make up, like, five different lies about it. Yeah. So, like, I, I had also read that um, either her family or one of her friends said she was more on, like, not the prude side, but, like, inexperienced side, and that, she, that her personality was not the like type this. to ever... Like, want to do something like that. Like, experiment like that. 
So, I mean, who knows? But if her family doesn't believe it, I'm siding with her family. Yeah. Because they know they her, knew best. her best. Yeah. yeah. So, Ben then drove the body of Taylor back to Richmond, left her in her car, Ugh. and went to sleep. And the next day, he returned to Matthews County and dug a shallow grave. Quote from Ben. I have no clue why there. Um, I realized while I was talking to a friend one day, after all this, that because of there, I was going to get caught. So, I feel like... Just so senseless. Yeah. Like, he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. He is just, like, intertwining himself in lies, and I feel like... And he's so nonchalant about everything, yeah. too. And I don't know, I don't know, I have no clue. Like, you do know why. Like, I feel like he drove there because that's one of the first locations he thought of that was remote where someone wouldn't be able to find her, and I feel like part of him was, in a way, taking it out on his ex-girlfriend, burying this girl on where her property. He went. Yeah, where yeah. they, they yeah. went together. Yeah, Like, I'm... I mean... It's not that hard to... Connect the dots with him. Yeah. Yeah. He's an idiot. He's a fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) So, October 14th, 2005, Taylor was laid to rest a day after she would have turned 18. Oh, my God. Which is just so sad. Oh, my God. And Taylor Marie Beale is buried in Union Cemetery in Leesburg. Quote, our bright, beautiful, and precious child is inscripted on her gravestone, which is just so sad. Oh, That's really sad. Because she was a child. She really was. Like. She didn't even get to live her life. No. And she was fully taken advantage of by this predator. And now his poor children have to deal and grow up with the fact of what he is, which is even not more disgusting, but it's equally as disgusting. Yeah. So in January, he was indicted on a first degree murder charge. And this is the sentencing. Matthew's Commonwealth attorney, John S. Gill, said, if the case went to trial, quote, evidence would have proven the case wasn't about sex, bondage, and erotic asphyxiation. I can never say this word. Asphyxiation. Asphyxiation. <laughs> as Folly contended. Yeah. So it was, that right there, like, like shows, like, it wasn't, no. Yeah. No. At some point before his trial was set to begin, Ben apparently made a confession to to police that this his previous statement was, quote, nothing more than a cynical strategy to beat the system leaving the impression his story leaving the impression his story about quote erotic asphyxia was completely made up yeah so basically he bit himself in the ass yeah he is he's like Oops. he has a big mouth and he's stupid yeah and he's like oh i made that up yeah so then ben was charged with her murder mm-hmm. obviously august 9th 2006 entered an alford plea to second degree murder And basically, an Alford plea allows the defendant to acknowledge that prosecutors have enough evidence to convict him or her without admitting uh, guilt. So, basically, he didn't want to admit that he was guilty, but he knew there was so much evidence evidence against against him. This is also known as a best interest plea. (laughs) Yeah. Part of the plea deal, um, pornography charges were dropped, Mm. which, whatever... He was sentenced to 30 years in prison. Not enough. He should have gotten more. Not enough. I don't understand that. Not either. I don't understand that at all. Doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. In 2009, after serving several years of his sentence in Virginia, Ben was then transferred to the Lee County Correctional Facility in Hobbs, um, New Mexico. Virginia Department of Corrections spokeswoman Lisa Kinney said, quote, Offenders are moved for a variety of reasons, but refuse to provide details of his transfer. She said it is in part it is part of the inmate's private record of imprisonment. So my guess is that he was being like injured or something in jail, and they had to move him. Probably because he killed a child. Yeah, and he was a fucking pedophile. And even in jail, child killers are way up high on the list of like fucked up people. But I'm sorry. An inmate's private record of imprisonment? Like, how do you have a record why? of imprisonment? Like, why, why is that private? Why is that private? That should be you public have no rights n- in knowledge. <laughs> no, that should be public knowledge because you're a fucking asshole. So he's expected to be released November 14th of 2031. That's in fucking 10 years, and I want to throw up. That's actually terrifying. That's really terrifying. So he's going to be like, 
Well, he went in at 38, so he's going to be, like, 68 years old. Ew. So he's still going to be, like, and able to family, live And her family, like, has to deal with the fact that he, is, he gets to live a life after doing something like this to their daughter. Well, I hope somehow his sentence gets extended because if he's expected to. to be released, that means there's a chance, a slight chance that maybe the parents can go and be like, we don't try to feel figure safe. Out, yeah. yeah, yeah, he, some he kind murdered of our daughter, keep him long. Some kind of extended yeah. sentence or something, yeah. Oh, God, it can't be out in 10 years. <gasps> Why do people get to do he's that? He's not going to change. No. Oh, God. So, moving on to some happy things that came out of this tragedy. Yeah. yeah. Taylor's case influenced discussions on internet safety, sexual violence, dating violence, and campus safety, which yeah. is super, super important. I feel like this parallels to um, Bianca, Bianca Devins a lot. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, September 2007, quote, Chuck Cohen, a first sergeant with the Indiana State Police, told a class in Louisiana of 21 law enforcement agencies studying how criminals often leave an online trail at social networking sites such as MySpace and Facebook that Taylor Beale case marked one of the first times that police narrowed down their suspect pool using a MySpace friends list. Cohen said that Ben Foley's internet footprint eventually led to led police to Beale's body. And this yeah. was from, from wikia.org. Yeah. So her case was super important with finding that digital footprint and using social media to catch these people. Right. Erin um, Crabill, which was the ex-girlfriend of Ben that... And uh, I feel comfortable saying her name just because there's a lot of articles where she speaks out. And yeah. You can, She's you public. Can, yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the, a couple of the links, if you look at our links once we post our resources on Facebook, they dive deeper into Erin, which is the ex-girlfriend of Ben, and they dive deeper into Ben, but clearly this is Taylor's case. Yeah. And we wanted to cover more about Taylor's life than Ben's life. Yeah. Um, just as we've said before, we try to focus more on the victim than the perpetrator. As hard as it, the media makes it sometimes. Yeah, so there is a lot more out there on his backstory and the things he did before all of this, but yeah. we didn't really want to focus on that. We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. So, Erin Crabill, which was the ex-girlfriend of Ben who came forward and identified the picture, received a $20,000 reward for assisting the investigation, and she established a fund for women in crisis with part of the money in honor of Taylor. Amazing. Which is so sweet. Oh, my gosh. And just, like, not only did you help them literally find her... But you helped further people. yeah, Yeah, you're further helping things in memory of her. Yeah. Which is amazing. So, Janet Palacero, which was Taylor's mom, published a book, Love You More, The Taylor Beale Story, and became an outspoken advocate for victims. Oh, my gosh. And then Matt Beale, which was her dad, has set up a scholarship honoring Taylor called the Taylor Marie Beale Memorial Scholarship. And it financially helps young students achieve their dreams. So, that's kind of another... Like coinciding thing with Bianca, how they they set up the scholarship set up this fund. scholarship fund, yeah, to That's... help other students who to like further their education and achieve their dreams. That's really sad, but yeah, I mean, at least something came from this tragedy. It's just horrible. Yeah. Oh my goodness, and that's it. That Do you have anything else to add? A detailed one. Yeah, that was a lot of detail. And I'm sure you can find a lot more. Yeah, you but can. We we have to keep uh, our details to a minimum at some points just so we don't mm-hmm. take three hours long yeah. of an episode. But we definitely dove deep on this one. We did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm trying to think if there's anything else we want to add. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think that's about it. Yeah. And just everyone make sure to, as we always say, check out our resources. And um, anytime we provide links to things to donate to if or suggestions with, like, numbers, contact information for Police places. Police departments. Yeah. Like, I was just thinking of Bianca's case and how I really hope our listeners 
wrote in to help get that yeah. bill passed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anything like that, just make sure to check that stuff out because it's important. We, and we gather the information for a reason. We want you guys to check it out. So that's mostly on our Facebook page. Yeah, and I think we should provide the GoFundMe link yeah. through the coffee shop that we discussed. Yeah, we will. If anyone wants to contribute to that for Guatemala. Yeah. And I think, I think that's, that's it. it. Yeah. All right. So. We will see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. information regarding this case and our resources follow us at crime cults and coffee on instagram and facebook